So welcome back to another episode of Raw Before Christ. This week, we will be doing an episode about parenting. And I have a, I don't know if I should say classmate, schoolmate. <laughs> I have a friend with me here today that uh, we'll be just discussing things together um sis honestly I don't even remember how to pronounce your last name but <laughs> you can you can do me the honors but um before we get into all of that I just want to open in prayer as usual so let's pray so father we thank you for another week of just diving into the things that you've called us to speak about and I just pray God that this conversation will be guided by you that you will just be in the middle of everything, that you will get the glory out of everything that we speak. And I pray, God, that this episode will connect with someone and be a blessing to someone's heart. I pray that we will receive healing and breakthrough in everything we do. And just as long as you're in the middle of it, we just thank you and praise you and honor you. In your name I pray, amen. So you can go ahead, Kimberly, <laughs> and introduce yourself <laughs> and just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, all that good stuff. <laughs> okay, well, hi, my name is Kimberly Nim. People overcomplicate that. It's really just, it's Nim, the G silent. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you have no idea how many times I actually have to correct people on that. And I'm like, guys, it's not that hard. <laughs> I really thought it was hard. I was like, N-G-I-M, do I pronounce a G? Do I not? I was like, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever even called you by your last name or anything. Nobody ever does. Time, so. Nobody does. <laughs> but people actually, when, when they figure out how to actually pronounce it, it gets really fun for them because they think like they're like oh your name rhymes Kim Nim Kim. and then they won't stop saying it so yeah it, it's just it, it is what it is the G's usually silent for a lot of like Asian names because I am Asian mm -hmm. um so that's just how it is that's, and that's everyone pronounces it differently um but yeah my name is Kimberly I was born and raised in Lowell Massachusetts I am a single mom I have a four-year-old daughter named Annabelle I am in school full time, and I am also um, a small business owner. I have a, my own photography business, which is um, really cool. So I'm able to do that and parent and go to school all at the same time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a pretty busy person, but um, it, 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 it's fun. It's stressful sometimes, but it is fun. Oh, well, I'm glad that I'm, I, I'm able to sit down and speak with you because not everyone is juggling like school and a job, like you owning your own company and doing photography, which can be easy because you're editing. And plus you have to like tend to your daughter because she's a whole firecracker and she needs her time with you. She needs her attention and everything. So um, that's pretty interesting. So just to gain a little info or background, I want those out there that is listening to just have an idea of how long you've been a parent. Mm -hmm. So I, I met Annabelle's dad when I was 20 years old and I got pregnant when I was 21. 
Um, I'm turning 26 this summer. Mm-hmm. So about four and a half years, my daughter, my daughter's going to be five the end of September. So I've been a parent for that long. Okay, sis. I see you. <laughs> they grow up so fast. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe I sometimes like when she's not here, when she's with her dad, I look at her old pictures and I'm like, where does the time go? She's so sweet <laughs> now. I don't so. know. I, 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 I can't relate because I, all I do is hear people say how much I've grown and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just existing. So I don't know what you mean, <laughs> but okay. But <laughs> to hear it from me. It's the same thing every time. I'm like, Anna, you're so big now. So and she's just like, yeah, yeah, mom, you say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. So um, my question, my first question to you actually is, what was it like when you found out that you were about to be a mom? Oh man, that was, that was so emotional because like I said, when, um, when I met Animal's dad, I was 20 years old, kind of living life, minding my own business, right? We're, we're both young because he's only a year older than me. So he's, he's in college, finishing up college. And, and I'm, I'm in college school. I go to school in Boston. And I remember it was the beginning of the semester and her dad was away at what they call a sea term because he's a merchant marine and he mm-hmm. went to a, um, a maritime school. So he, he was away on a ship, like out in like Puerto Rico or something. And I was starting school in Boston and I used to commute. So I used to take the tea every single day back and forth between um, like to and from my classes. And there's this one day that I was taking the tea and like that morning I was feeling so nauseous and I'm like, all right, well, I should probably eat something before I pass out, right? (laughs) Like, because usually like when you go through a whole day and like you don't eat breakfast and stuff, sometimes you get a little sick. Yeah. So that's really all I thought it was. So I I thought I just needed to eat something. So like that day, like I ate stuff and on my, my tea ride back, I was still feeling nauseous. And I'm like, that's so weird because usually that goes away. My first thought was you're pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's really weird because a lot of people like that's not where their mind goes but I I knew I made a lot of stupid mistakes and I knew that it would be like it it was a possibility so it definitely did cross my mind so um I waited a couple days and I was still feeling a little nauseous but like I said, it was kind of common for me. I, I don't usually eat. I'm usually on the go. I'm a busy person. Mm-hmm. So um, I waited a couple of days before I was like, okay, I should probably take a test. And I took a test and no surprise, like it was, it was positive. <laughs> and I was like, I, at that point I was like, man, I already knew like it was going to be positive, but then like, it, I don't know. It was, it was like, I was shocked, but then I wasn't shocked at the same time. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, who do I tell first? Right. So I tell my sister, like, I was like, Hey, I have something to tell you. The first thing she says is you're pregnant. Oh Lord. <laughs> I was like, is it obvious? Like, how do you even know that? She's like, I don't know. I just guess. And I was like, well, I am. And so I talked to my sister about it and she was really supportive. And then I was like, all right, I should probably tell my daughter's father, right? But like I said, he was on this C term that he had for school. So I actually had to email him. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, 
it was so awkward. I had to email him and I was like, hey, hope, hope your semester is going well. I just wanted to let you know that I'm pregnant. I will. And then I, but I was scared too, because I I was so young and, you know, I was just kind of living my own life that I was like, I can't, I can't even take care of myself. How am I going to take care of my kid? Right. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I thought of was I, I, I just have to take care of this. Like I wasn't a Christian at the time. So like my first thought was I need to get an abortion. So I would tell him like, kind of like out of courtesy, like, Hey, I'm pregnant, but I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I sent him that, that email and he ended up calling me that very same day later on in the day. And I was like, Hey, did you get my email? And he was like, no, what email? And I was like, oh boy. So we're having this right now. (laughs) And then I told him and he was in such shock. Like he was so surprised. He didn't know what to do. We both didn't know what to do. We were so young. We were still trying to finish up school. So, so it was really hard. It was really surprising for the both of us. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how I would react. I mean, you mentioned that at the time, you know, you, you weren't a Christian at that time. I don't really want to get ahead of myself, but I just, I I feel like this question just came to my mind to ask, like, how different is it now that you're a Christian and, you know, versus then when you just, you know, just had her, how, how different is it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that knowing what I know now, I know that everything happens for a reason and, you know, that God's hand is upon my life, no matter what I do. So I think that now, you know, as a parent, when I, whenever anything goes wrong or whenever like a situation arises that is really like scary or like I don't know what the outcome might be. And it makes me nervous. It's like, well, I know that God is in the midst of this. I know that God is working with me, that he's fighting for me and, um, and all of that. But like back then, I didn't know how this was going to play out. You know, um, I, I grew up in a Buddhist household, so we didn't have that security that, Mm. that Christians have in God, you know? So it, it was, it was really hard because I didn't have that like sense of like security and like hope that like, Hey, like everything's going to be all right. I, mm-hmm. I literally thought the world was going to end. I was like, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And so, oh and so God. did her dad. Her dad was like, how can you do this to me? Like, you know, I, I'm a senior in, in, in college, like we can't raise a kid. So it, it was really hard for the both of us because we were relying on our own strength, essentially. Right. The The thing that kind of got my attention was when you, you said you probably would have gotten an abortion or something. What was the turning point? Like, what made you not go through with that? Oh, man. So, like I said, the first thing I thought of was I have to get an abortion. And I definitely think that this was God playing... Um, playing like his hand on my life um, because it it was just like such a drastic like turning point. So what happened was I was planning on going through with this whole abortion, like 
her dad was on board with it. Like my, my sister was like, Hey, do whatever you think it's right for you. Everyone was like, whatever you want to do, we will support it. So that was my thought because in my mind, I was like, well, I'm so young and I can't take care of myself. There's no way that I can take care of a child. And, um, so I was, I was thinking about it, going through, um, looking at my options and stuff like that. And I actually came across this video on Facebook and it was, it was a really, it wasn't even like a video on like abortion or anything like that. It was actually, it was like lactation milk. It was a, it was a, um, what do you call it? It was a commercial. Mm-hmm. And in the commercial, it was like this pregnant girl. And it was like a cartoon of this little baby girl swimming inside her mom's tummy. And it was like, hi, mommy. Like, this is our like 30th day together. And like, as the commercial progresses, this baby gets bigger and bigger until the end where the baby's actually born and the mom meets the baby. And it was like, how could, how could I even possibly do that? to a child because this little baby not Mm. even born yet like is dependent upon me so seeing that like little cartoon and seeing how dependent that that baby was on her mother I was like I can't do that because that's literally how this baby is right now and I'm like I can't I can't go through with it I can't get an abortion like I have to find another way for it and then another thing was like, even though I wanted to keep the baby, I didn't know how I would be able to do that. Yeah. So I think that the, when I finally came out and told the rest of my family, mainly my mom and my stepdad, because they were like the last ones to know, and they were so mad at me for it. Um, when I, when I realized how supportive they were, mm. um, like of me and like, was like, Hey, like we're in this together. We'll help you. And knowing that I had a community of people um, that were able to help me and were willing to do that right. was a huge thing for me because I, I just thought I was so alone in this. Yeah, that I had to figure this all out on my own. And to know that my family was there backing me up, supporting me was a huge turning point. Wow. See, nobody can tell me that God doesn't speak in every single way because that I know that was God telling you that, no, this child is a blessing. And like, she's been a blessing to my life. So I can just (laughs) imagine how much of a blessing she has been in your life. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad that God intervened in that moment, even though it may not have seemed in the moment like it was God speaking. But I, I feel very strongly that he had his hand like you said, from the beginning, he's had his hand on your life ever since. Yeah, um, literally, like, um, I think I watched that video when I was about two weeks pregnant. Mm. And after I watched that video, video, I was like, how can I do this to my Annabelle? And yeah. everyone was like looking at me like I was crazy. They're like, how do you know you're having a girl? I'm like, I just know. <laughs> <laughs> and then at 20, I think I found out at like 22 weeks, uh, what the gender of my baby was. And I was like, see, I told everyone, <laughs> like, I just felt like God was so like, he so clearly speaking to me in this video. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, it was insane. Wow. So you mentioned that you grew up in a Buddhist household. Um, so how have you found that the way you were raised by your parents affect the way you parent now? 
Okay, well, I think that for a really long time, um, I resented my parents because Mm -hmm. they were never around. Mm -hmm. And I think that that affected me as an adult because, you know, my parents got divorced when I was about five years old and my dad went to go live like about an hour and a half away, barely saw him. I only saw, I only saw him on like the weekends and stuff. So I really didn't have a relationship with my dad, but it was more so my mom where I grew up with my mom, but I barely saw her because Mm -hmm. she was a working single mom and she was always you know, she, she also had her own businesses. So she was out running her own businesses while my grandparents would, would raise me. Like I would spend a lot of time with my grandparents, cousins, aunts and uncles and stuff like that. And for a long time, I, I resented my mom because I just felt like she was never there. Hmm. And because I felt like she was never there, I think I grew up trying to find those like parental figures in in like relationships that I would get into like every time I would date somebody I would be like you know I want that family that I never had yeah and um I think that as a parent like I never want to have my daughter feel that way um but like I don't blame my mom because like she was trying to do the best she could because that's how she was raised. And she really wasn't raised in a loving household. Like, I think as a Christian, um, we get a lot of our parenting tips from the Bible, right? But like, right. they, my, my grandparents never had that. So mm. they learned from their parents. And then my mom learned from her parents. Mm. So, so it was like, really, it's really hard, because I never want my daughter to kind of go through the things that I went through. Um, but like, I, I, I don't blame my mom, like, because like, I just think that she just doesn't, she didn't know. Yeah. She didn't know me better. Oh, wow. Um, so you're literally breaking generational curses because it's like, as you explained, the way your parents were raised and their parents were raised, it's totally different from how you are raising your daughter. So my next question to you would be, how have you tried to step out of the boundaries or limitations of your cultural background or religious background, especially, you know, coming from a Buddhist background to make a difference in your parenting style? So (laughs) I kind of had to relearn everything that I've learned Mm -hmm. as a child now that I'm Christian and now that I have my own daughter. So looking at the way that I grew up and how my parents parented, it's like you take all the good and you throw away the bad, right? So everything that they did right, um, I kind of took into consideration. And then everything that kind of like didn't line up with the word of God, Mm. I kind of set aside. Because I think one of the problems with the way that they parent was because they didn't have the Lord's guidance, like they, they didn't know how to like show love properly. Like one of the things I mentioned was that I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And I think that was due to the fact that my grandparents didn't know how to show my mom or my dad, like how to properly love. And I, I kind of took a look at that and was like, you know, I, I want my daughter to, to just 
understand what it's really like to be loved um, mm -hmm. in like the right ways. So to, to always like pray and ask God to help me parent the way that I should parent, not the way that I, like my parents parent me when I was younger, I think it's like a huge thing. Um, and it's really hard because I think that for so long, cause I haven't been a Christian for very long. I, I was saved after I had my daughter. Mm -hmm. So, um, to kind of like relearn everything and just having to do everything differently than how I was taught and brought up, like it, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. And keeping in mind that I'm like, Hey, like I never want my daughter to to end up the way that I ended up. Not that, you know, I'm terrible. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, not a terrible person. I think, I think I grew up pretty well, but um, <laughs> just like in a biblical sense, just not understanding um, the word, not understanding God's love. And because yeah. like, I feel like that creates so many problems, you know? Mm. Honestly, um, just by hearing your story and what you're saying, it kind of just reminds me also that not not just because you are you know you weren't originally from like a christian background or whatever it doesn't mean that those who are from a christian background it doesn't mean that their parents know exactly how to love them or how to treat them um properly i feel like i mean i'm no expert or anything but from the way i've been like my parents have parent me I feel like I've, and my relationship with God, and, you know, as you highlighted scripture and everything, I feel like there are things that I'm going to have to unlearn. There are things that I'm going to have to go back to God and, 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 and seek because um, all of it comes from, you know, a generational thing of how a parent, parent, a parent, and just all of that. And it's just to realize that we're all going to have to unlearn because not every parenting style is the same. And I feel like it all depends on your relationship with God. Like the closer you are with God, the more you want to dive into his word, the more you want to see how scripture teaches you to parent. And I feel like, and it goes with generations too, because like we are a total different generation from our parents. And we're a whole different type of Christian generation. So it's just like <laughs> the way how, you know, the way we parent, it has to change also. So I think that's a good thing to kind of just highlight and to remember. And I don't know, I, I, I just, I, I can't even put the words together that I'm trying to really. Yeah. Like as about. a parent, I think that we all make mistakes, mm -hmm. um, whether we try really hard not to, or, or not. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've made mistakes as a parent, even knowing the mistakes that my parents made. Yeah. So I think parenting, and I feel like it doesn't even matter how many kids you have. Parenting is always like trial and error. Like, like it's not, you can't get it right. Like it's not a perfect thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, even though you try to do the right thing, we're, we're human, we're going to make mistakes, but it's just 
being able to to see God in this and just be like, God, like, how do you want me to parent? I think will set you on a better path than as if you didn't have God's guidance. Right. Yeah. Cause I was about to say that too, that I, I've seen people who aren't necessarily in close relationship with God and I, I've seen them parent well, but there is something missing. And we know that that thing that's missing is God. Mm-hmm. But we're, uh, what I'm just trying to say, and as we're speaking, is just to highlight that it makes a big difference when you raise your children and have Christ at the center of everything. And just remembering that, you know, we're human. Of course, we're going to make mistakes. There aren't any um, perfect parents or whatever, but continuously going to the word, continuously seeking God and building a relationship with God is what makes the difference in everything. And as we learn and move along, that's how we realize that things change and that we grow to be better people spiritually and better spiritual parents for our children and become that role model that, you know, we're all looking for. So you mentioned earlier in our conversation that about like being a single mom and everything. So that comes with the challenge of co-parenting. So how challenging has that been? One, (laughs) and how has it, how has it challenged your parenting style and beliefs, especially now that things have kind of just shifted for you versus when you started? Because when you first started, you you highlighted that you weren't um, following Christ as yet. So how how has that been for you? Yeah, so I think no matter how you look at it or no matter who you are, um, co-parenting will always have its challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always going to have at least like one or two things that you're, you disagree with with um, your the other parent. So in my case, for instance, I think that we get along pretty well. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because we don't, we don't do things for us. Like our goal is to raise our, our child to be the best she can be. So when you put your, your child's needs above your own, I think that helps your co-parenting a lot. And um, I think that's why Annabelle's dad and I have such a great relationship. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, like, yeah, when I when I first when I first became a parent, when I had Annabelle, I I wasn't a Christian. I was just kind of living in the world, minding my own business. Um, not really have like I didn't have any like foundational beliefs in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and her dad grew up, um, in a Catholic home, but he wasn't really practicing religion. Like he was just like, you know, I identify as Catholic, but I I don't do anything. I mean, I go to church on, on Easter and Christmas and that was about it. Mm -hmm. Side note, we actually, the very first time I stepped in a church, it was a Catholic church and it was to baptize my daughter. (laughs) And it was like the most foreign thing that I've ever experienced in my life. I walked in and like, I took a look at the pews, didn't even know they were pews at the time. I took a look at that. And I was like, Hey, like, look, it's a footrest. And they looked at me and they were like, 
like, no, you kneel on that. So it, it was just interesting. Um, that was my little side note story. Um, cause I had, I had no idea. So going back to that, because he grew up Catholic and because I'm, you know, a Protestant, it, it's really hard, even though we both believe in God, mm-hmm. I think that our, our level of spirituality kind of differs and, um, what we think is important is very different. Like for, for me, like in my household, I, I prefer to stay away from like witchcraft, like Halloween, spooky stuff. Um, but her dad doesn't see anything wrong with that. So it's in that sense, like co-parenting does get a little difficult when, you know, one parent, um, doesn't like something, but then the other parent sees nothing wrong with it. So, um, just trying to find a balance with that is very difficult. Um, so it's like one of those things where you, you always have to try to like be on the same page mm-hmm. as each other and, and that can get hard sometimes. So with that being said, like, what are the unique ways that you try to invoke, um, Christ in your parenting style, especially while Annabelle is around you? What are the unique things that you do to create that foundation for her where, you know, she doesn't get confused with, oh, when I'm with dad, I do this. I, when I'm with mom, I do that. Like, how is it that, because I know she likes worshiping and, you know, but how did you get to that place with her? Um, I think with, with like a lot of kids, they like to do things that their parents do. Mm. So Annabelle, a lot of people say she's a mini me. So whatever Mm. she sees mommy doing, she wants to do too. So I think that um, just living out um, what a Christian life is supposed to be like in front of my daughter has really helped with that. So we listen to worship music in the car. Um, We go to church. uh, We read the Bible. Um, I do all these things in front of her so that she knows it's a normal thing to do. She knows it's normal to read um, the word every day. She knows it's normal to go to church every week. Mm -hmm. Um, Not, not in like a legalistic sense, but because this is what we do when we love God. I always tell her like, because we love God, we talk to him because we love God. We read his word because we love God. um, We do all these things. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not that we have to do it. We just do it because like God loves us and we love him. Yeah. I like that because, and it's a very important like thing to highlight because a lot of times we forget that, you know, people are always looking up to us as Christians and especially your child is going to be looking up to you, especially in the household. And we forget that we aren't just talking Jesus, but we're living Jesus. So when we live and, and act the way that we are, as we are supposed to, and and commanded to as you know followers of christ that's what becomes the foundational point for our children so i like that point yeah um so what's your relationship like with your daughter um (laughs) it i i love i love her um like i said she's she's a little mini me so um I always tell people, I think that God really blessed me with this one because she, she just gets it. Like she, 
she knows like how busy of a of a person I am and I think that the Lord made her in a way that she like has become like my little companion through this all you know Mm -hmm. like because I got saved a year after she was born so she's kind of been with me through this whole transition like just figuring out parenting figuring out who I am in Christ like Mm -hmm. she's been with me through the whole entire thing and I think that we kind of like even though she's only four years old like we kind of get each other and she I feel like every parent says this about their kid but like my daughter's really smart so um she pushes me um to to grow and to be a better person like if I'm busy like doing work or like doing school stuff she's like she kind of like lets me be but then she's also not afraid to be like hey mom I need attention (laughs) um so so we kind of have this balance going on and um it's great because like I said she her and I like it's just us and gets the world almost like (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it like it's great having somebody like a little person to be with me and like not not you know I don't know it's just great (laughs) one of the interesting thing about just hearing you speak about your daughter and just your relationship with her and all of that is how I've realized just since we've been talking on this topic how you you have definitely stepped out of everything that you um grew up with like you made sure that you had that you have that relationship with your daughter that you never got to have with your mom you make sure that you know she gets that foundational love and everything that's needed in being nurtured and I don't know I feel like that's that's a really good thing to to highlight because you might just think it's like casual or you might just be you know casually saying it or passing over it but just by hearing you speak and just by watching and observing how you are with your daughter it's evident that everything that you do is Christ-centered it's evident that you um you just want to make sure that your relationship with her and just how you are as a parent isn't you're being the example that you wanted and And I feel like that's a really good thing to, to just, you know, pause for a moment and realize, cause that's, that's really good. Yeah. And I actually, believe it or not, I go out of my way sometimes to make sure that my daughter knows that I love her. Mm. Um, because, you know, as a single mom running a business and going to school full time, things get really busy yeah. and you know, sometimes I feel like I don't spend as much time with her as I would like, because, you know, when, when I'm in school, she's in school. And when we're both home, sometimes like I have to work to, to be able to pay bills. So sometimes like, I want to be able to like sit with her and just, you know, be in the moment. And there are other times where mommy has to just get up and go. So I think that keeping in mind, like just how I was raised and knowing that like, hey, like my mom had to go out and work and I know how I felt when she had to leave me. Mm-hmm. I think that I go out of my way to make sure that Annie knows like, hey, 
by the way, like mommy has to do all these things, but mommy still really loves you. I just want you to know that. Like, don't ever feel like mommy's too busy for you. Don't ever feel like, you know, mommy doesn't want to spend time with you. Like mommy loves you so much, but mommy has stuff to do. Yeah. One of the important thing from just what you're saying is how, how just, mm, I forgot what I was going to say. It's crazy. I just forgot. Like it just went out of my mind. (laughs) Well, like, I think part of the, re- like, part of being a busy, like, a working mom is, like, sometimes you struggle with having mom guilt, you know, because it- it's not always easy. It's not always easy when my daughter comes up to me and goes, mom, I just want you to spend time with me, or mom, I just want you to pay attention with- to me, or mom, like, I just want you to like watch me color or watch me ride my bike. And I, and I can't do that because, you know, I have an assignment that I have to do, or I have some photos that I need to edit. Like that guilt really sets in because like I said, they grow up so fast. And in the blink of an eye, it's like, they're, they're turning another year older. They're getting a lot bigger. So having that mom guilt and being able to balance it out is, it's like really something that nobody ever prepares you for and something that you have to kind of work out yourself as a parent um, because that's not something that anybody can do. Like you can hear people talk about mom guilt all the time and talk about how it's okay, it's normal to have mom guilt, but until you have experienced it yourself and until like you've kind of like took it to God and like you know, like cried it out and like laid it all down, like you'll never really know what it's like. And like, that's just one of the hardest things like that I found that I had to deal with as a parent. It's just all that mom guilt. Oh, wow. I never really thought of that. <laughs> I remember what I was going to say now <laughs> is how um, you took the trauma of everything that you've been through and you turned it into a lesson. And not only that, but you've you've learned from that lesson and now you're doing things based off of what you've learned. And I think that's that's really important because sometimes we go through certain trauma or, you know, especially as children and then we get to an adult stage and then we just don't know how to learn from that lesson and, you know, glean from, okay, what happened then? Because we just try to forget about those things instead of just you know taking what we've been through and just saying okay what can I do differently and I feel like that's what you've been doing and that's what's making the difference too so yeah um I think this is kind of just like my last question to to you is how do you handle outside influences that try to affect your child Because I know that there are outside influences there. And I know she's just like four and a half, almost five. But there are outside influences to everyone, especially now in a culture where, whoo, child. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's so hard, especially like, um, because I mentioned before, like, my beliefs are different than her dad's so mm-hmm. even just that like there, there's an influence within the household that's different too so uh, to answer your question 
I used to be really worried about all of this stuff. Like Mm -hmm. if I were to teach Annie certain things and she would go out to like her dad's house and her dad will teach her the total opposite of what I teach her. (laughs) Where like she would go to school and learn something completely different than what I would teach her. Like I used to worry about that because I'm like, God, like I don't want her to, to go down a wrong path. I don't want her to like fall into this hole. And I spent so much time worrying about it. And I remember having this dream one day and it was kind of like, God was telling me like, Hey, like I got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I, cause I was like, Lord, how do I protect her from all of this stuff? Right. And God was like, you know, ultimately you're not the one protecting her. I am. Wow. And that's so we forget. <laughs> Yeah, we always forget because I was like, God, like, I feel like I'm doing every single thing in my power to make sure that she doesn't go astray. And God was like, no, 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 I got it. You Mm. know, like, as a parent, the only thing I can do is to just be an example of Christ in her life. And then just like, kind of let, let God do the rest, let God handle it. And it's really hard. um, Because, like, she'll come up to me and she's like, well, why do you, why do you do this? And then why does that do that? Or why does this happen? And then like, what is the Bible? I'm like, Anna, it all comes down to what does the Bible say? You know, like, I, I remember she went through this phase of asking me the gender of, of everything. And you know, like, that's a huge topic nowadays. It's yeah, like it you know, the whole non-binary thing and stuff like that. She's like, we'll be in the Starbucks drive-thru and she's like, hey mom, is that a boy or a girl? And I'm like, I, like I'm like thinking like, why does that even matter? But I, I think that when she grows old enough to like realize the, like, the world is talking about this, this is like a hot topic that she's really going to start questioning things a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Anna, you know, in the Bible, it says God made, you know, boys, boys and God made girls, girls you know, like just teaching her truths and reiterating that over and over again. So, um, I remember having another conversation with her and she's like, Oh, I'm a girl. And I was just like, how do you know you're a girl? And she's like, because God made me that way. (laughs) Wow. So, so yeah, like just, just constantly telling her what the word of God says, not even stating it as my opinion like mommy thinks this or mommy thinks that but I think it puts more weight as a parent to say the bible says this the bible says that and um a huge thing that I I do is I I read a lot I educate myself on on different social topics and I read a lot of parenting books on like Christian apologetics and stuff like that because there are there's gonna be a time where Annie's older and she's gonna ask more detailed questions. Um, And I think that what the world does is the world will take a biblical concept and try to misconstrue it and like try to fit their like, their all-inclusive agendas. And to to be able to be knowledgeable and um, know like what the world says and know what the word says, like it really helps when you're trying to to teach your child. So, so that's, that's like the, the biggest thing that like the biggest takeaway, like if, if anybody were to ever ask me, how do you teach, um, or how do you prevent your child from, from going astray? Like you really can't, all you can do is just educate them. Yeah. 
we do our part and allow God to do the rest because sometimes we forget that we can't do it all (laughs) especially as a parent it's like you have that instinct as a mom to protect that's what you want to do to nurture but then you have to remember that at the end of the day it's not it is my responsibility but at the end of the day God is in control over everything I I I don't I don't want to say I lied but (laughs) I think I have one more thing to ask and that would be what would you say to someone who is young or maybe not even that young or whatever who might be listening and they just found out or have been contemplating for a while and they're pregnant and they're wondering what should I do or they're con- they're contemplating abortion or something just from your life story what would you say to that person in this moment i would say that uh like we just have options and we don't even realize cuz we think so a lot of people think that abortion is like the only way like they can't handle um, the stress of being a parent or like raising a child, but just know that like, you're not doing this alone, especially when you have God and when God is fighting for you Mm. and to know that like, God will always make a way God will always provide for you. And to know that, like, you know, having like a community of people and having like, just being firm, like, everything is going to work out. Like I just, when I first got, when I first was pregnant, I just, I didn't think that it was possible for me to raise a daughter and look at her. She's still alive. She's thriving. (laughs) Um, and part of me feeling that way was because I felt like I had to do this alone because I felt like, um, there was, there was no possible way, but knowing what I know now, like God always makes a way. Mm. And I look back and there wasn't a need that God didn't fill, you know, Mm -hmm. um, God was always there. So I just think that you really need to like sit down and like consider like the options that you really do have, because you may think that, you know, it's just black and white and this is the only way, but it's, it's not, you know, I didn't realize because I was so scared to tell my family Like I thought I had to hide my pregnancy. I thought I had to get an abortion. I thought that was the only way, but until like I mustered up the courage to, to talk to them about it, like that was, that was when everything changed. And if, if I never talked to them about it, I wouldn't have Annabelle, you know? So, um, so that, that, that was really it because that was, that was a turning point for everything. Just knowing that I had a community of people, um, to support me and, um, knowing that everything will end up working itself out was, was really big for me. That's good. So whether you are someone out there who might be contemplating and wondering what to do or whatever, you've heard it from just Kim Kim's life story, her testimony of how God has been there for her and how God has helped her along the way of, you know, parenting. Because 
everything we've answered so, so far, every question that I've asked so far, everything has God in a sentence. And it's evident that she hasn't been through this alone. Like God brings the people alongside her. And I just want to just reiterate on that, that just remember that you don't have to go through this alone. And that even though you might not understand or know how to get closer with God, all you have to do is accept him. Just, you know, say, hey, Jesus, please come into my heart, help me. And you will find that God will not turn his back on you when you call out to him for help. So yeah, just a word of encouragement to anyone that might be out there who was just struggling with something like this. But Kim, could you close us out in prayer, please? Sure, I sure can. All right, Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to just come and talk about what it's like to be a parent, um, talk about the challenges um, that we may face as um, a mother. Um, I just thank you for this opportunity to get to, to share that out and um, just encourage somebody today. Um, I thank you for this podcast. Um, God, I just pray that you use this podcast to, to speak into the lives of of the people that might be listening, God, if they're struggling because they don't feel like they know like what to do because they're contemplating abortion, God, just, just help them know that they're not alone, that they have a community that they could seek out, that they have you that's that's fighting for them and and will provide for them, God. Just, just I pray that you help them know that abortion is not the only option, God. Um, and I just, I just thank you for everything that you've done. Um, and yeah, Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming here and sharing your experience. Um, I'm pretty sure that someone out there here will hear your story and they will be impacted. So thank you. And thank you guys for joining. Thank you.